0: you demonstrate expertise, you put your personality in your content. Now you take the conversation off of LinkedIn and onto your email list, your website, your webinar, your ebook. They get to know, like, and trust you through your free content. Now you can pivot that to, well, hey, did you find that helpful? Oh, wow. Yeah, those are great tips. This part really resonated. Great. Well, would you like to get on live and talk about that? Maybe we can help you out. Okay, sure. And that's literally how simple it is. It's just most people don't do things in that order, or they just connect on LinkedIn and spam people and ask for their time and heavy-handed sales pitches. And again, you have to qualify people first and you have to make it about what they want. And you know, are they even interested in tips? Do they even want help?
1: Well, hello, and welcome back to the Small Business Startup Essentials podcast, where we dive into the topics of starting your own online personal brand business. Maybe money's tight and you'd like to have an additional income stream, but maybe you're making that later in life pivot and you'd like to monetize your expertise. I offer coaching through my solopreneur in 90 days program. You can sign up for a time slot at tomclaremont.com slash coaching. But now let's get right into this episode. Well, friends, friends, Today, I have uh, with me one of my very favorite LinkedIn influencers and certainly an expert in all things LinkedIn, John Nemo. Now, John has built his entire business around helping people succeed on LinkedIn and has a great personal success story that I think you'd be encouraged to hear. You can, you can get his books, uh, LinkedIn Riches, or Content Marketing Made Easy through his website uh, as free downloads, actually. Uh, But if you like the print version, like I do, I like to have it in my hand, you know, and uh, you can get those on Amazon as well. Now I came across John a couple of years ago through his Noon with Nemo live webinar training and really enjoyed his fun, easygoing approach to learning and and business building through LinkedIn. Now, I'm going to put the links in the show notes for you, but you can go to nemomediagroup.com for more information. That's nemomediagroup.com. So, John, thanks for taking some time to be with us today. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, John, I've been a fan of yours for, as I said, a few years now, but fill me in on the early timeline from when you were in the workforce before you had a business and the events that led up to you starting your own business?
0: Yeah, I remember it very clearly. It was back in 2012. I had a, you know, safe six figure day job and I was sitting in a meeting about men in tights. <laughs> and that's when I said, I can't do this anymore. And at the time, I was doing public relations and social media for a an organization, a labor union, and and it was fine, it was a good job, it was easy. And we were gonna do some kind of PR stunt about a, a Robin Hood kind of themed, you know, protest and whatever. And there's like, you know, I, I had I've always had this lifelong entrepreneurial itch. And I'm sitting in this meeting planning men in tights and Robin Hood and just thinking, you know, like, is this really what I want to do? And, and <laughs> why not take my shot? Right. And and so what I did was, uh, and, and this isn't necessarily what I recommend for anyone else, but I I had enough money for 30 days. I had one client that I had found on the side and I quit. I quit a safe six-figure day job, walked out the back door and was like, told my, and I had three boys uh, under the age of 10 at home. My wife didn't work. So I didn't have a safety net. I hadn't saved a bunch of money. I didn't have investments. In fact, I was probably about 40 or $50,000 in debt with credit card debt. So- You know, but I just told myself, and that's important is we'll talk a lot about mindset and narrative, but I told myself, you can always go get another day job. You know, at the time I was in my mid thirties, I knew how to interview, I knew how to get jobs. And so I decided, I'm going to give this a shot. Like if I don't want to have a regret. And the big thing too, was I saw an opportunity even back in 2012, I saw this ability to build a business quickly online using LinkedIn, that essentially LinkedIn was B2B uh, Google, right? I could look on LinkedIn and instantly find my ideal prospects, clients, customers. And so the good part of the story is, right, within 90 days, I had generated six figures in new sales all by myself sitting up in a bedroom on a folding card table, you know, using LinkedIn to find clients. And thankfully, I haven't had to look back. And so I've, you know, since then I've written books and online courses and, you know, now kind of the current focus is I have a company called Nemo Media Group and we do done for you LinkedIn lead generation. And so it's it's really a platform that obviously I'm a little bit fanatical about because I, you know, I built my whole business off it. But but I can definitely relate to that you know story, that journey, that leap of having to do it, having to go from a side hustle to a full-time endeavor. And one of my good friends at the time said to me, he had his own business. He said, you just got to make the leap, man. There's never going to be a perfect time there's never going to be enough safety nets. You just got to try it, and that was the nudge I needed at the time, despite all the you know odds against me, and and thankfully it's worked out.
1: What are the, what was some of the mindset struggles that you went through when you were just about to take that leap? Because I I talk quite a bit about mindset issues and really how you know sort of we get in our own way. Yeah, yeah. What did you <clears> go through?
0: I think the biggest thing was, you know, and to my credit, like without really realizing it, I started looking in the first part of 2012 for help. So I started looking for books and business coaches. And I found I hired a business coach before I quit my day job. Um, And he taught me two key things about mindset. And number one was that income improvement follows self-improvement. And number two was you can't outperform your self-image. And so what I really realized for me, just like a lot of people having a, you know, a lot of childhood trauma, abuse and dysfunction and stuff, a lot of that shaped my self-image and what I thought I could or couldn't do. And then also just, you know, realizing it and I learned this, I didn't, mindset didn't click for me right away. You know, I, I always had this ability to take risks and, and be bold, but then I would always pull myself back, you know, and like I'm too far out there and coming back instead of just embracing you know where i was at and i think what i learned through the process was that you have to work on that internal stuff that you know you can't outperform your self image it's like a rubber band you'll snap yourself back to you know whatever your subconscious beliefs are and so for me it was really it took years it took years and trying different things and finally understanding that you know really the only limitation you have is your thoughts you know that that really is the reality of it and and even this morning just waking up feeling like okay do i want to believe that you know i'm worthy and and i can have a successful company and all this or not and there's a great book secrets of the millionaire mindset by t harvecker and he talks about that he said whether or not you're worthy is a made up story it's literally just you deciding to tell yourself a story And you think about the most successful people, and I have sons in high school now in junior high, and I'm like, it's no different. Who are the popular kids or the kids that act confident? They just act like they're supposed to be cool and supposed to be popular. And so other people react to that. Business is no different. When you're negotiating, the most confident party wins. The person who's willing to walk away wins. The person who's unsure and uncertain and kind of afraid loses. And all of it is made up. All of it is a narrative you're telling yourself. If you think about the most successful, you know, corporate icons, Steve Jobs, or some of these other people. Steve Jobs, you know, was a burnt out hippie with bad body odor, you know, who got fired from Atari or whatever. Like he just decided he was the real deal. All right. And just had this unshakable confidence where eventually the narrative, the real life caught up to the narrative in his head. Here's a funny story. My sister told me this. I'll get myself in trouble, but Uh, Unlike you, Thomas, I wasn't always a saint, you know, growing up and I had a I had a fake ID in college and I remember, you know, asking my older sister, the sage, what's your advice for, you know, I don't want to get caught, you know, sneaking into a bar or buying beer, you know, when I'm 19. And she said, just act like you belong, act confident, just and it works. It, It works for buying beer. It works for, you know, building a business. Well,
1: I I wasn't a saint, and and I did that exact same thing. I I didn't have to have a fake idea. I just acted confident. Act
0: confident, and it's amazing what happens.
1: Yep. And then I turned 18, and drinking wasn't fun anymore. Right. Uh, Now, I... I was just looking for, there's a there's another book that you refer to that helped you with mindset. What was the name of that other book?
0: Yeah, the book that really clicked for me was called Psycho Cybernetics. Yeah, it's a crazy title, but it's psycho like psychology. And then cybernetics, which is like this machine learning kind of automated systems. Mm-hmm. And it's written by a guy named Maxwell Maltz, who I'm obviously obsessed with the book because it Literally reading that book, I tripled my revenue in one month. So, like, wow. that's my little testimony. It was like, I, you know, my business, I, you know, told us made the jump in 2012. It was very much a revenue roller coaster for several years. And when I read that book finally in 2018, even if my revenue tripled in one month, I had my first seven figure year, and I've never looked back. And so, wow. the the whole idea behind Psycho-Cybernetics and Maxwell Maltz was. He really pioneered this image, uh, self-image psychology, and he was a plastic surgeon. And what made him interested in this whole topic of mindset and self-image was he would fix people's exterior features because he was a plastic surgeon, a crooked nose, whatever. And people would still, quote, see themselves as ugly. They would still walk around as if they had a hair lip. They would still act like people thought they were hideous creatures. And he's like, dude, I fixed your face. Why do you still think you're ugly? They would literally look in the mirror and say, I'm hideous. And so mm. he got underneath the skin, so to speak, and was like, what's going on here? And so his book is really about that. It's about like, you know, what is going on here with your self-image? Why do you feel that way? Where did that come from? And more importantly, how easy it is to change it, right? Mm, it it yeah, really yeah. is just... It's all in your head. Yeah, it's all in your head and it's all a mind game. And it's, it's just really about this narrative that you've developed And our brains are so stinking powerful and our subconscious programming is so powerful. You know, one of the core lessons I took out of the book was most of us run on autopilot. Like we're not even thinking about how we approach a day, what we believe. We just act according to our subconscious kind of program based on childhood and trauma and what other people have told us we're capable of. And once you change that and consciously spend time, you know, visualizing and daydreaming, for lack of a better word, you literally act like a different person because your brain is like a computer. It's not emotional. It doesn't care. But if you tell it, so to speak, I'm confident, I'm successful, I'm going to close a deal. Like I'm, I don't need to be afraid of this prospect. You'll act that way. Hmm. And that's when my revenue tripled. I just started acting totally different. And, And one example was, um, I used to be very passive about sales leads. If someone emailed me and said, hey, I'm interested in LinkedIn help, I would passively email them back and hope they wanted to book a call. Mm-hmm. After I did the work in Psycho-Cybernetics, if they emailed me, you know, everyone's email signature has a phone number, I would call them on the spot and be like, hey, I just got your email. I thought it'd be easier to call you. And I would close them. And that was an example of changing my, you know, mental side.
1: Yeah. So how did you make your first dollar online? When you quit your job? Uh,
0: I sold a debt collector. (laughs) Everyone thinks the debt collectors. I sold a debt collector, a marketing package, a website, and some different online marketing uh, PR services. So I actually had worked for different trade associations doing public relations and then social media. And one of the trade associations I worked for was debt collectors. I was called ACA International. And so I really learned the industry for a couple of years and learned all the nuances and legal, you know, things Mm -hmm. and all the loop, you know, all the challenges they have. And I learned the language and I learned the pain points that debt collectors have of trying to run a business and public reputation and how they're trying to make money and... You know, so then when I launched, you know, the best advice I got was be a big fish in a small pond, the riches are in the niches. And I had one client who was a debt collector. And so I said, I'm gonna be the debt collection marketing agency. Mm. And that's literally how I promoted myself was I I do debt collection marketing, so I help you build websites and press releases and you know, email marketing and lead generation. And so wow. that was my first handful of clients. And It was amazing to me that I could find these random strangers online through LinkedIn, talk to them, demonstrate expertise, and then they would give me money. (laughs) So Uh I was like, whoa, this is pretty cool. I didn't have to go to a trade show. I didn't have to do coffee. I didn't have to buy ads. And that was the difference. And that's where we're at today is you don't have to have a budget. Like you can just do all this online.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, how did you make that transition to LinkedIn, though, in in being that LinkedIn go-to guy?
0: Yeah. So in the beginning, right, I had a marketing agency, lead gen agency. And so I had all these clients saying, give me leads, give me business. And I went with what I knew, which was LinkedIn. So I would go get the debt collector new clients from LinkedIn. And I would go get this other company new clients from LinkedIn. And eventually, I was having so much success at that, that other people, clients, whoever were like, man, your system works so good. Like, you should do a book, you should do this, you should do this. I'm like, yeah, you know what, like, this can work in any industry. I'm going to write a book on it. I'm going to create an online course. Because then I started thinking, like, how do I scale my knowledge, right? I can't just keep sharing it one-to-one or one client at a time. How could I get this out to more people? So I basically just bottled up the formula that I had discovered for LinkedIn lead generation and wrote a book, LinkedIn Riches. And then I made an online course. And then I did coaching. And eventually that turned into like, you know, the full-time agency. And so Mm -hmm. that's really just... Using it, having success and having people say, man, I'd love you to teach me. I'd love you to show me. I'd love you to, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. give me your tips. And I'm like, well, okay, like let's monetize this.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So for a lot of people, you know, they don't understand the power of LinkedIn and what it can really do for them. What, You know, how would would somebody just with an average um, understanding of LinkedIn take their usage to another level?
0: Right. There's a couple of basic steps. So one is you have to understand everyone in the world is on LinkedIn, everyone professional. They have almost a billion members. They add two new members every single second of the day. And it's one of the most powerful search engines on planet Earth. If you Google your own name right now, chances are very good that you're going to, the front page results will be, your LinkedIn profile will be included at the top. That's true. So like love it or hate it, you're on LinkedIn, you're visible. It's one of the first places people go to kick the tires on you professionally. Like who is this person? Are they legitimate? So A, it's just, it's a behemoth. It's a Goliath. Like it's, it's the one-stop shop for professionals worldwide to find a job, to find talent, to get advice, to get news, to learn about, you know, industry trends, online courses, whatever you want professionally LinkedIn has. So how do you take advantage of that? Well, there's Couple simple steps. One is, and this is the biggest piece, is your profile. And I talk a lot about this in my book and other places, but so many people have a LinkedIn profile where it's really set up like a resume, just because that's what we were taught or what you think of LinkedIn as, as a job seeking website. So too many people have their profile written in the third person, written like a resume. And the only problem with that, Thomas, is you know, is no one cares. (laughs) It's like literally no one cares about you. They don't care about your job history, they don't care about your accolades and awards. This is straight out of Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I built my whole book or I built my whole business off one line from his book. People do not care about you. They do not care about me. They care about themselves. Morning, noon and after supper. So I said, well, how do I take what I learned and how to win friends and influence people? How does that apply to my LinkedIn profile? People don't care about me and my resume. They care about themselves and their own problems. So you have to create first what I call a client-facing LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. So you basically flip the resume idea upside down. And instead, you just talk about how you help other people get what they want. Mm. So a very practical approach to this, if you take your LinkedIn professional headline, most people, their LinkedIn headline under their photo is like CEO, company name, or you know whatever it is, your job title. Instead, I wrote mine in the beginning as debt collection marketing services, right? John Nemo, debt collection marketing. Like that way, when I, part two of this is, now you go out and connect with people who would be interested in your service. So very simple, part one was, change my LinkedIn headline to say, debt collection marketing services, and then the first line of my about section, what I do, I help debt collectors, you know, get benefits they want, increase sales, add new clients, improve their reputation by providing industry-specific marketing services. So instead of having it read like a resume about John Nemo and how great I am, it was about if you're a debt collector, I can help you get these things. Mm -hmm. So that's part one is having that client-facing profile. And I have a whole free template for this. People can use fill in the blanks. Um, So part two is then go out and connect with the debt collectors. Because LinkedIn, again, it's the world's biggest search engine for B2B leads. So you literally go in and you say, I want to connect with people who have uh, the job title owner and they are at a debt collection agency and they have this many years experience and they live here and they live there. And so what you can do is you can use LinkedIn to find your ideal prospects based on job title, industry, all that. And LinkedIn has all the icebreakers built in because using LinkedIn search filters, I can see where you live, where you went to school. uh, Do you volunteer? uh, What industries have you worked in? What companies have you been at? So it's an easy way to kind of do what I call personalized one-on-one marketing. We can build rapport. I can ask you about how do you like living in Atlanta? Are you a fan of the Atlanta Falcons football team? Whatever it is, right? Uh, I see you went to the University of Texas. Do you still follow the Longhorns? Like you can find all these little icebreakers and then immediately treat it like a little mini one-on-one kind of coffee meeting. Start to build rapport and talk to people. And then you quickly pivot through one-on-one messaging and say, hey, just curious, I, I see you own a debt collection agency. Are you looking for any tips on how to get more leads or more clients? If so, happy to share some free content, a free ebook, a webinar, whatever. And then that way people say, yeah, sure, send me what you got. I'll see your free tips. You demonstrate expertise. You put your personality in your content. Now you take the conversation off of LinkedIn and onto your email list, your website, your webinar, your ebook. They get to know, like, and trust you through your free content now you can pivot that to, well, hey, did you find that helpful? Oh, wow. Yeah, those are great tips. This part really resonated. Mm. Great. Well, would you like to get on live and talk about that? Maybe we can help you out. Okay, sure. And that's literally how simple it is. It's just most people don't do things in that order, or they just connect on LinkedIn and spam people and ask for their time and heavy-handed sales pitches. And again, you have to qualify people first, and you have to make it about what they want. And Mm. You know, Are they even interested in tips? Do they even want help? You know, like I'll connect with a business coach on LinkedIn and be like, hey, are you looking for new clients? They'd be like, no, I'm retired. Oh, well, then why would I waste time bothering you? (laughs) Like, you're retired. You're not a lead. Okay. Like, or they'll say, I don't need leads. I get all referrals. Okay, great. That saves me time. I'm not wasting your time and my time. And so it is a simple tool. You just have to use it the right way. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle is they don't know what to say, And the reality of what I say is, how would you talk to a person in real life? Would you sit down having just met Thomas for coffee and be like, hey, Thomas, I'd like 15 minutes of your time to propose to you that we should redo your website at SEO and here's our fees. No, you'd be like, where are you from, Thomas? Like, what's your story? Like, where'd you go to school? You know, where do you live? You'd start. So what do you do? Do you have a website? Do you need help? Like, yeah, that's just the same approach.
1: What's your opinion about LinkedIn groups? Because I I've joined a bunch of groups. I post in groups, and I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something with with that. But I'm trying to uh, expand my uh, my realm in LinkedIn, and um, finding that I'm not really having a lot of success with the group part of LinkedIn.
0: Yeah. No, great question. They've kind of turned into a spam wasteland. So um, back in the day, right, LinkedIn had these professional groups and there was lots of conversation and banter and back and forth. And it was a great place to post content and demonstrate expertise and have meaningful conversations. And what's happened is, you know, LinkedIn hasn't done a good job promoting and integrating groups, unlike Facebook and other platforms have. So I think part of it is people don't pay attention and they forget they're even in a group. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other part is, depending on who moderates the group, it can just be filled with spam and self-promotional pitches and come to my event. And so I think that's part of it. I, I really think if you're going to use LinkedIn for what I use it for and what my clients use it for, which is lead generation and and you know uh, adding clients... Really, I always say the money's in the mailbox. It's in one-on-one LinkedIn messaging. And mm. so I would say like, forget everything else on LinkedIn, status updates, groups, this, that. Like, There's all these bells and whistles. If you just want to use LinkedIn to make money, have a client-facing profile, connect with your ideal prospects, and talk to them one-on-one in LinkedIn messaging. Mm. And LinkedIn messaging... Is so powerful because it's like real-time text messaging. You can send people selfie videos. You can send little audio clips uh, right from your phone. You can send animated GIFs and emojis, and you can talk in real time back and forth. You can even set up Zoom meetings, live video calls inside one-on-one messages. And it's really, that works best because, again, human beings haven't changed, Thomas. We like to be talking one-on-one to somebody right? It's much easier for you and me to start bantering and building rapport than it is for you to find me in a group and comment. And you know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. it's just so much more real time.
1: What's the biggest benefit you've seen from getting on the, the pro version of LinkedIn?
0: Yeah, it's really just access to more data and search filters. So if you sign up for a paid LinkedIn plan, like Sales Navigator, you get way more insight and information on people. You can build better lists. You can filter them better. So that's really the gist of it. I mean, you can also get some things like in-mails where you can pay to force feed messages to people, but it's really just about data. I mean, LinkedIn's smart. They're like big brother. They've collected Mm -hmm. every ounce of data on every user, every keystroke you've ever put into that platform. They have saved and indexed and made searchable. So like with the paid plans, you can do a list of people and say, now I want anyone who's ever written a LinkedIn post about SEO. And it'll say, okay, here's anyone who's ever written about SEO. And you can go talk to all those people. Like the whole idea is context for conversations, finding, you know, what people are interested in, what they're talking about. So, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you, you pay to get better information, I guess, is what I would say the value is
1: hmm So as far as pros and cons of that annual fee, I think it's what, $550 or something like that. Do you think that for the average person it's necessary to be on the, the paid version?
0: Yeah, it just depends on the ROI for you, right? What's one new sale or one new client worth? You know, for most people, it's going to be worth a lot more than that. I, I guess, you know, what you can always do is start with the free version and see if that gets you what you need. And if you're getting results and getting clients good for you, you know, I think then you're good to go. Uh, I haven't, you know, I got grandfathered in for I think $19 a month, like 15 years ago. So like, I'm still oh, really? still there. So I don't like, I'm never going to get rid of my sales. name. They just kept moving me up, you know? Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think you can always test the free version. It, again, it's like anything else for you get the limitations and the caps and the limited filters. But for some people, that may be all they need. It just really depends, I think, individually to test it out and see. Any new books coming? Boy, great question. You know, uh, not at the moment. I'm probably going... One of the things I'm trying to take more of my own advice, where the riches are in the niches, and probably do some you know, new kind of shorter books or eBooks on different niches on LinkedIn. So for example, if you're a business coach or consultant... A book just for you on what we found works best, or if you're a franchise consultant, or a accountant, or a CPA, or a bookkeeper, and it's so interesting. I was just talking to my wife this morning about just the niches within the niches and understanding. Okay, if if I'm a business coach, you know, how do I get clients? And and the kind of messaging I do is different than if I'm a CPA or accountant, and that's different than if I'm a franchise person. And I think that's really. The fun of it and the nuance of it is is really getting in and understanding what your ideal prospect wants and how to communicate that on LinkedIn. And it is different depending on you know your profession, your industry, your niche. And I think that's a trap a lot of people fall into is just, well, I'm just going to copy and paste this template. It's like, hmm. well, no, you have to personalize it like... Because everybody's different.
1: Now, you've really built up your re- repertoire of webinars lately too, right?
0: Yeah. How, yeah, did, you, I mean, how I, did you move into
1: that? Area? Yeah, so
0: early on when I built online courses, like back in the day, 2012, 2014, like there weren't, you didn't have Thinkific and Teachable and all these easy to, like I had to build the whole course on like a website. So it was really hard. But one of the things I found early on was, Webinars, you know, live and now like evergreen or hybrid or on demand webinars, it's the single best way to really bottle up your expertise. Record it one time when you're at the top of your game. You can edit it, you can make it a slick video, you can put in all kinds of cool graphics, and then just have it on demand and people can watch it anytime they want. And what's beautiful about it is, you know, live webinars are great still because you can interact and banter with an audience but i love what's called a hybrid version where i'll come on and i'll banter and warm up the audience and talk to people by name and ask them where they're from and then i'll just hit play and i have a pre-recorded video that's me pitch perfect training you sharing a lesson cool graphics and clips and you know exploding things right to keep mm-hmm. you entertained and then i'll come on at the end again live to talk to the audience answer questions personalize, you know, responses, offer a product a service. And and it's just, it's the single best way I've found to kind of bottle up and reach a bunch of people at once. So one to many, Mm. and and there's a real power in understanding people want to consume content when they want to consume it. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to get people to show up live, you know, at a certain time with schedules and commitments, but a lot of people will watch an on-demand replay when they're You know, kicking back, or even like they'll listen to an audio, you know, uh, clip or whatever when they're walking the dog. So I think the key is just understanding how do you create content that you can bottle up and deliver in ways that people find convenient for themselves. And I think webinars is again, growing up as the son of two English teachers, I really realized like they were limited to a classroom of 20 people. Uh, we have a worldwide classroom. There's no limit to how many people can watch you teach and train. And that ultimately is what builds that know, like, and trust and rapport for people to give you money. They want to see you. They want to experience you. They want to look you in the eye. They want to get to know, like, and trust you. And like you said, when I do the noon with Nemo every Friday, I'm my normal personality. I'm a goofball and I have fun, and but I still provide value and training. And so I've had so many people come to me through that experience and become done for you clients or buy a course, just because they're familiar with me. They're comfortable with me. Right. And, and that's the difference.
1: Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast, uh, was to increase that, you know, no, like trust, try, yes. uh, buy process and, and, but also, you know, to have influence and impact all around the world. Yep. You know, yep. and so it's the same with webinars, you know, um, I created a webinar on, on how to start a podcast, DIY podcast launch.com. And, and even though my focus is on, you know, launching online personal brand businesses, you know, by starting with a good foundation, um, you know, after I hit a hundred episodes of the podcast, I was like, you know what, I, 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 I know enough now to help other people get started. And, and, uh, you know, just recently somebody reached out to me and said, "Hey, um, you know, I'd like to get your your done for you, um, you know, podcast launch." And Fantastic! So, yeah, so you know, I sort of added podcast launch to the to my repertoire as well. But uh, webinars are—I agree—they're a great way to go. Well, John, thanks for spending uh, time today with us, just to get to know you and 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 hear about your your. Process your how you worked through, uh, you know, having that, uh, that job to launching your own business and your success through it all. Uh, your 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 methods, your mindset. I know this is going to really help a lot of people. I really appreciate your time today.
0: Oh, thanks so much for having me. Enjoyed it.
1: And now I'm going to put links in the show notes for for John and his contacts. You can go to Nemo Media Group. Com. But also go to LinkedIn, look for John Nemo. And uh, I'm sure he'll be right up there at the top of, uh, of LinkedIn experts uh, that you'll find as well. Hey, friend, thanks for listening. I hope there was real value in this episode for you that keeps you motivated to move forward in your vision of having a successful online business. If you'd like to dive into these types of issues, you can go to TomClaremont.com schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll talk about your specific situation and how I can help. I'll put a link in the show notes. Friend, as always, stay encouraged, follow your dream, and don't give up.